Hello and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things well-being, wellness, and spirituality at a 101 level. So if you've ever wondered what a blocked root chakra is, or if the law of attraction really works, or what's the what's going on with all these different kind of yoga practices, then this podcast is for you. The, le- the universe led you here for a reason. So thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Michelle Schoenfeld. I'm a master energy healer, a reformed couture-aholic, and I am so pleased to be doing this podcast today from the Life Co. Wellbeing Center, which is in Bodrum, Turkey. So if you listened to the last podcast, you heard the rundown of why I'm here and what I am doing. And I am so thrilled today to talk about yoga. So we actually are going to talk about a whole bunch of things, but today we're going to do some stuff that we haven't done before. So I'm really excited. Thank you for joining. And I want to introduce my guest. I have a fabulous guest that I met here. And before I introduce them, I'm just going to say that um, when I come to the Wellbeing Center, I teach meditation and I do a lot of different things. I talk uh, about the mind-body connection and I work with private clients, but I rarely actually partake in the things that go on here in the different kinds of yoga. So this time when I came, there was like a big poster of this guy and who is he? And then I found out who's doing this yin yoga, which to be honest, I hadn't really heard of. As I said, this is a 101 level. So um, there's some definitely things I don't know about. So I got online and I Googled it and it said, be part of the yin crowd. <laughs> and so that got me thinking, what is this? I need to know more about it. So I'm like, I'm going to take it, even though I was a little jet lagged, had just flown in and I was thrilled. It was amazing. So without going on, I'm going to introduce my guest. So today I'm joined by Gabe of Gabe Yoga. Welcome, Gabe. Thank you very much. It's really nice to be on this show. I love the introduction. My work is also on trying to get people to understand the concepts of wellness and yoga from a one-on-one level. I love that. We were talking a little bit before and just about we have this mutual kind of connection with that oftentimes in the wellness and the healing and yoga, all the stuff that we're talking about this well-being, it can be alienating for people. Extremely alienating for a variety of reasons that I find myself completely shocked every day. Because a lot of things are in Sanskrit or, you know, the, the name of this podcast is You Lost Me at Namaste because I've shared before that when I used to hear Sanskrit words or chantings or even Namaste, it, I tuned out. Correct. Because I, I didn't totally really understand agree. what it was. I didn't know what was going on, um, which obviously has changed now, but it's been a process. But you have said you agree as well. I see the same. The aspect of 101 to be able to bring people who have not done yoga before and then put them in a room and start talking in an alien language doesn't seem to make someone feel connected <laughs> or part of the crowd. <laughs> it's so true. And so um, Gabe actually has 25 years experience teaching different modalities. So I can't wait for you to hear the depth of knowledge he has. But what I really love about you, Gabe, to be honest, is that you have this knowledge, and but you keep it so, at you said, a one-on-one level to bring people in and make them feel comfortable. But then you sneak in these little pearls of wisdom and this depth. True. And I really, really love that. Um, it, it's, you know, part of the reason I started doing this is because when I first started meditation, I was turned off by it in that I was exposed to transcendental first and then the traditional. And I don't want to say Deepak Chopra because there's some benefits to him, but sitting quietly, spine straight, clearing your mind for 20 minutes, like 20 minutes twice a day. And for me, that's not realistic. I have so many browsers open in my mind (laughs) that I just can't keep the focus. I tried breath work. I tried candles. I tried all this stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not good at it. And a lot of people, I feel like, try meditation 
feel like they're not good at it, they don't understand, and they give up on it. And meanwhile, it is so healing and life-changing, and I feel the same way about yoga. When I tried yoga at first, I didn't really care for it, it was too slow, but I was a traditional teacher, everything was in Sanskrit, I didn't understand the poses, I kind of gave up on it. Now, part of that's on me, definitely on me, but, so I took your yin yoga class, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So for those of you who haven't heard of yin yoga, um, why don't we just go ahead right away and just kind of describe what that is? Yeah, let's jump into that aspect. Just because yin yoga does offer two words that are easy to understand, but yet the word yin comes from the Chinese modality. And sometimes we're not familiar with what yin yang is. Right. And so, but within that framework, there's already an introduction of let's change vocabulary. Yes, and yin yoga started as a way of helping an individual who discovered that he was suffering when he was sitting down for meditation. Right, <laughs> and, and pain, pain, and pain in his knees, uncomfort yeah. in his back, tension in his hips, and just imagine if you're a yoga practitioner and you do yoga. And so now let's give a little background in terms of the yoga element. Yes, he was a person who was doing yoga practice and thought of yoga like most people that approach me and ask, "Do you do yoga?" And I immediately realized that what they're asking is, do I do weird stuff? (laughs) They hope I would show some contortionist movements. Right, exactly. And when I do say yes, that usually it's like, show me something. That was the Instagram post. post. Exactly. Yeah. And then at that point, I mean, today we have the Instagram, so you can jump and you can see a variety of contortionists. But that's what Cirque du Soleil is (laughs) for. So true. It's awesome. Trust me. I love the Cirque du Soleil. They can do stuff I will never be able to do. (laughs) (laughs) For most people, that's not realistic. Correct. And if we think of yoga with that image, which is sadly the image that was portrayed through the Instagram, and don't get me wrong, I love that all these people who can be contortionists get tremendous amount of followers, and we all kind of love those (laughs) pictures because a part of us is just kind of wishing that we were different. Exactly. But that's where the mechanism of yoga is, to point out for us that why are you trying to change yourselves? Yes. As you pointed out, we have various browsers in our head that points out that, look, there's a variety of stuff going on that you're constantly being pulled away from it's your inner so center. The more you can kind of celebrate your unique parts, because that's what makes you special and different, Correct. the happier and better you're going to be. The more mm-hmm. value you can offer to yourself in the world, as I feel. Right. And we're not taught that. We're taught to conform and to be the same. Right. And we need to like, no. What makes us different is what makes us beautiful and awesome and interesting. Exactly. Who wants boring white bread? Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. If we just take a little aspect from The Little Prince, and if you don't know that particular book, I really encourage you to read it. But The Little Prince points out that as he comes to earth and he sees a garden full of roses, and he, and all and seems like all these roses look the same, and suddenly he feels this feeling of depression almost because he has a rose up in his planet that looks like these roses. Right. And then it hits him in epiphany that that rose I have in my planet is different. Why? Because I cared for it. And as human beings, we're not made to look the same. Right, And exactly. that's a beautiful aspect exactly. between a human being and a rose. Yeah. Appreciate the rose. And if you're very conscious, if you really look at roses, or if you look at a blade of grass, here's a beautiful message from Milton Erickson, that if every blade of grass is a different shade of green, what we do is just kind of look at everything and think that everything yeah. is the same, we think of a human being, we think that we're all the same, the only difference is that you're a woman, I'm a man, and now there's the only differences we have. And we forget to celebrate the fact that we, you, the person you are right now, they will never ever be someone like you again. Exactly. And I, I, it's so true. 
It's so true. Like, we're born the way we are for a reason. Correct. And so, it's important to celebrate that reason and not try to be something different. Exactly. But it takes sometimes a lifetime to find that. For I some wish we were people, taught that as children. It needs to be taught as children. Yeah. And for me, yoga practice is that element. The recognition that you are unique yeah. and that you should celebrate your uniqueness. But remember that there is something within your f- framework of existence yeah. that is connected to everything around you. I talk a lot about that as well, that we are all connected. And, you know, obviously being vegan, not that everybody has to be vegan, but because I feel connected to everything, to every animal, to every plant, to every, right? And it's like, ah, but it's lovely because then you can approach other people in other situations with a little bit more passion or compassion and patience. Um, so to bring it back to the yin yoga, right. I love, one of the things I loved about your class is I am not flexible at all. Meanwhile, you know, I was an athlete, I was a cheerleader, which is silly, but I was very flexible when I was younger and I'm just not at all, which is part of the reason probably that my yoga practice goes back and forth because I would get a little frustrated. And in the yin yoga, not only do you not need to be flexible, but you make it not even a big deal. You're like, this is what the pose is. I'm going to show you, this is the benefit. This is why we're doing it. And if this doesn't work for you, try this pillow, try this bolster, try moving your body this way. And you just make it so casual, not a big deal. That there's no anxiety about like, oh, but I don't look like she does. Correct. You know, or I don't look like what you're doing, you know? And I also love sometimes your honesty. And I don't know um, if you're doing it for us or if it's true, but you're like, ooh, that kind of is aching right now. And I love that because that's what we want to hear. Like we're all human. Correct. You know, we want to hear that you have the same feelings that we're having. Exactly. So I, that's what I love. I love that there's... So notice what two things that we mentioned just a second ago about the individuality of each of us, and yet the fact that there's a connection among us. And so you're right, like the idea of yoga is to bring you to a place of ease with yourself. Now yes, yin yoga practice is specific. It's trying to help open up the connective tissue in the hips, the knees, and the lower back. And because of that, the position, the poses that we choose help that environment of creativity, freedom of movement to the deep tissue that happens in the body. The difference between yin yoga and other types of yoga, so that we'll take a moment and talk about yin yoga, yes. is that regular yoga practice more or less focus on activating your muscles. Right. You're obviously working your bones and you're working your connective tissue, but let's make things a little black and white for the sake of one-on-one for the rest right. of us. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you go to a regular yoga class, you're trying to do these sun citation, you're trying to move your arms, you're trying to do these standing poses, your muscles have to work. And when the muscle is working, basically it takes over the amount of freedom that the bone will have. Right. If we take it backwards and point out that if you sat for meditation, if you're sitting on the ground, trying to sit with cross-legged, with the back straight, without back support, and you've never done that, right. it doesn't matter how strong your muscles are. It doesn't matter if you can do a handstand or if you can get your leg behind the head because that's your muscles. What you need when you're sitting cross-legged in meditation is the freedom of the bones and the connective tissue. Right. And if you don't have that freedom there, you experience tension after about five, 10 minutes, which is what this yogi, Paul Grilly, sitting in meditation, can do handstands, can do all these poses. Right. He thinks I'm a great yogi. And now I'm sitting and, oh my God, I have pain. How is it that yeah. I have pain? I'm supposed to be a great yogi. Right. <laughs> and so rather than going to his yoga teacher, Paul at the time also has a martial arts background. And he sits and shares his experience with his martial arts teacher. Right. And his martial arts teacher, coming from a different Asian modality, 
points out, I'm not surprised. You know, let's look, let's change vocabulary. Right. Rather than talking about yoga, let's talk about balance. Let's talk about Chinese theory, which is about the fact that this world that we live in, that we see, right. is a balance of two things. It is, and I talk about that pretty much every podcast is balance. Balance in life. Correct. Feed your ego, feed your soul. It's about balance. Right. You know, whether it's anything that you're doing in spirituality or in the food that you eat, really energy is usually what I'm talking about. But it's being in balance. Correct. Being in balance. Mm -hmm. So the Chinese world, the yin-yang vocabulary, offers us that with a visual as mm -hmm. well as the vocabulary. The yeah. word yin represents the darker side of a circle. And the word yang represents the lighter side of the circle. And if you don't know the circle, simply just Google yin yang and no. you'll see a big circle <laughs> with a weird wave line in between the two circles. Right. Now the wave line is very important because it makes us aware that everything's changing. Yes. The one constant that we can rely on is that things are gonna change. Right. But within that circle and the two halves that are separated in a wavelength, there is a full circle of the opposite color. Exactly. Again, it's a seed to remind you not to fall in love with a concept. Because any moment that is daytime, there's night somewhere. Right. And every moment there's nighttime, there's daytime somewhere. Exactly. So this circle kind of makes you both conscious of the balance of two things. Everything in this world will be talked about as a balance between those two. Night and day, hot and cold, softer, hard. Yes. Whatever you talk about, at some point we can synthesize it down to two things. And those two things can change quickly depending on the way you're looking at them. But that's a little bit more than one-on-one. Right. And for one-on-one, <laughs> on one, that for sure. you can see. And you can begin to then pay attention. Yeah. So when it comes to the practice of yin yoga, the martial arts tells him, all you're yeah. doing is muscle work. You're sitting. It requires no muscle. If we use this balance that we just learned, yin and yang, yes. then when you're moving your muscles, that's movement. That's what yang is about. The wind, the day, there's light, there's... Right. All this action happening. Yeah. That's yang. Awesome. <laughs> but sitting, sitting has none of that. You're trying to sit stationary without yeah. moving for 10, 20, however long you choose. And that's not, that is in our vocabulary that we have now is yin. Yes. All you're doing is yang and you choose to suddenly do yin and you're wondering why am I feeling out of balance? Right. Because you've never prepared yourself for that. So we go back to the class you had. So yes, the poses open your tissues, will prepare your body, but they're already preparing. I'm just trying to get you to be in that posture yeah. without trying to activate too much, without stressing your muscles too much. Right. Stress is on the yang side. Yes. Stress can be positive. Without gravity, without the stress of gravity, we won't have the strength of our bones. Right. So stress is not a negative thing, but within the yin practice, we don't want yang, right? We want yin. Yes. So I don't need you to stress out. So you can use a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> you can use whatever you need to be able to stay. Let me describe a little bit what the class is actually like, because since I don't do a lot of yoga, I do do some and I do like it. Um, and those of you who've done my podcast or been listening for a while know that I broke my arm in two places two and a half months ago. So I definitely wasn't doing a lot of yoga. I was doing a little bit. But from everything I was able to Google online about yin, I was like, I could probably handle this. This mm -hmm. won't be a problem. So I get to class and we did poses, you do a pose, which is very simple poses. Not that, I shouldn't say it's easy because it depends on your flexibility, but they're not like we were talking earlier, like these contortionist balance kind of poses. I was sitting on the ground um, very comfortably. You get into one, like 
comfortable pose, and then you hold it for three minutes. In your class, we're doing three minutes because it's kind of a beginner one-on-one -on -one class. Right. Um, people will do it for five minutes, 10 minutes, longer, depending on how, I guess, their practice, their practice is. So the majority of poses we held for three minutes on each side. Correct. A couple of them we did for one minute, but for the majority, it was, it was a total of six minutes if you're doing both sides of your body. Correct. So it's very doable, very manageable. And I will tell you that the hour went by so quickly, I couldn't believe it. And you had said that we will sleep well that night. I'm a little jet lagged. I'm not sure what time it is. I think we're at eight hour time difference from where I'm normally in the United States. I slept definitely a lot better. And that was with the full moon going and all this other stuff. And then I came back the second day and I'm like, you can't really make much of a difference in two classes. Like you need at least probably a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks to build your flexibility. The second class I could go almost flat down on three of the poses the day before I could not. Correct. And I was like, wait, is this real? Like this can't be real. But it felt so good. Yes. It felt good. And then you incorporated a couple different poses. You added the second night that you didn't do the first. And the first night I actually didn't use the pillow at all, but on these poses I did. And I felt so relaxed and not judged. And I was still getting the benefits because you explained it so well. And it was just a really, it's a really beautiful practice to see in yoga. I encourage anybody, um, go to Gabe's website, which is gabeyoga.com. Gabeyoga.com or gabeyogaacademy.com. You can find some downloadable yoga classes okay. on both sites. Or follow him on Instagram again, which is Gabe Yoga. Gabe underscore yoga. Okay, on Instagram. And just do some research on this yin yoga because it really, I feel like, is a beautiful practice, especially for somebody, um, well, like you said before, it's good for everybody because it's about balance. But if you're a little hesitant, if you don't really have a yoga practice, like I always say yoga nidra, you don't need a yoga practice. It's just relaxing, we're sleeping basically. Um, this is another one of those yoga that is just so beneficial. And I feel like it's really good for healing, but it's, it has to be good for anti-aging as well Correct. because of the bone work. So describe, Correct. you said it helps with the bones. So let's, let's take a moment. Okay. If you are a crooked teeth person, yes, like I was when I was a child, yeah. what would I do? Braces. Correct. <laughs> so today we immediately, it's like, oh, you have crooked teeth, not a problem, braces. Right. But what is braces? It's moving your bones, I guess, your teeth. It's like... And how? Pulling it. So braces is activating an outside force on the bones that is constant. Anyone who's ever had braces knows that it is painful. Yes, those first now, few days for sure. depending on how yeah. painful it is, you either can tolerate it and then you just got to tolerate it because that's what braces are about. But if it's too much, you go to the dentist and he has to adjust a little bit. But it's not so much about the fact that it's tension the first day and yeah. it lasts for about a week. After a month, when you get used to it, the dentist makes it painful again. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Because bones do not respond to the same movement activation as a muscle. A muscle is filled with blood. And if you want to enhance the muscle, you want to make it better, you make it hot. You can go into a sauna and your muscle will soften and you'll feel more flexible. That's why we do sun citation. That's why everyone encourage you when you're running or swimming or any other sport you do to warm up. Stretch first. Warm right. up. Yeah. But it's the idea is like it's stretching, but it's warming up, right? Yes, exactly. We're warming up. Why are we warming up? Because the muscle needs more blood right. in order to feel okay. And if it doesn't have that, it might injure itself. Right. However, the bone, and the reason I say a bone is so that it can easily be on one-on-one, the difference between muscle and bones. But now we got to add a little bit. Between our two bones, there's something that connects them. It's called the ligament. 
It's a tissue that we call connective tissue, and there's a variety of connective tissue in our body. And the connective tissue is like a bone. For yeah. all practical purposes, is like our bone. And so it responds not to muscular effort, it responds the same way as our teeth, to constant pressure and time. That's why we use the pillow, because if you're too stressed out in the posture, then your muscle's gonna take over, and if the muscle takes over, you're no longer getting the benefit at the connective tissue. So you need to be able to let gravity and the posture yes. position your bones in such a way that it feels like there's braces on you. Right. And as you said, it's not that yin yoga is easy. Yin yoga is just not hard in terms yeah. of balancing myself using my muscles, but it's not like restorative yoga where you lay up pillows and it's a completely relaxing right. trying to make sure there's no pain whatsoever right. in your body. No, I definitely felt a little... Tension. But, but like you strain. said, which is great, is like know your body. Like I'm going to show you this pose. This is what, here's some options, but know your body. Right. So like in my opinion, you know, coming from an athlete, I always want to push, 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 push. So I probably did push myself a little bit, but I respected my body because I'm also aware that I'm going to be doing this for three minutes. Correct. So, you know, I pushed a little bit because I want to get a little benefit stretch, but not to the point where it's so painful and then I'm going to judge myself and be upset, setting myself up for failure, that I'm not going to be able to do it. So it's like just really kind of listening and feeling and being in tune Correct. with what everything is doing. And Correct. I love that Correct. because it, you have kind of like your own private practice in what you're doing, but you're being led by somebody who's guiding you through it. Correct. And that's actually similar in what I do with my healing is that, you know, I'm, I'm a healer and I, can, I do have healing properties. But what my favorite thing to do is teach people how to heal themselves. Right. And like you're teaching people how to do this for themselves. Correct. And I like, love that. Now, I have a question. So the whole time you're talking, and is that part of the yin yoga practice or is that just your style? That's my style because I've learned from <laughs> Osho, Rajneesh Resh, that because of our mind being so filled with, as you pointed out, variety of browsers yes. and tons of thoughts, that if there's a voice on the outside, it helps your mind find a different calmness than listening exactly. to the voice on the inside. Exactly. And so because of Osho, I've discovered and learned over the years how to use my voice and how to share information, how to tell stories, how to weave those kind of aspects so that this hour that is in a silence, in a choir, staying three minutes in the pose, I'm trying to get you to not to fidget. Yes. The thoughts make us fidget. I have a teacher, his name is David Data, and he'll point out, that if you walk into a mental institution, what you notice is that individuals walk around and they constantly kind of touch themselves. <laughs> and from a psychological point of view, that's just a sense of reaffirming that I'm here. Yeah. Now we think we're normal, <laughs> and, and, but we have all these thoughts. Yeah, right. And the thoughts are the same way. We're just, we're thinking our own thoughts right. as a way to affirm ourselves that we're here. Right. <laughs> And, and so in a yin class, I don't need to get you, this, it's gonna happen anyway, Yeah. but since you're 101, and right. you're not used to this <laughs> ability of being quiet with yourselves and dealing with the fact that there's all these browsers and what to do with all these browsers, so I come in and offer you another browser. Yes, I love it. And that helps to soothe and correct. My experience over the years has been that that ability makes time fly for people. It does, and he has really beautiful music in the background. Um, that you have curated yourself. I'm sure that's your playlist, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Spotify, true. but I find but the you one find, that I yeah. like. Love it. So that's going on in the background. And then he is talking the entire time. And part of it initially, of course, is describing the poses, 
and how to pay attention to our body and what we're working on exactly at that time. And then he'll go on and tell different stories. You tell some jokes. <laughs> and I'm going to come back to that in a minute, actually. And I should say, if my podcast is called You Lost Me at Namaste, I should say to you, you had me at Siddhartha. <laughs> because he did tell the whole story of Siddhartha. Not the whole story, but like a condensed um, kind of Cliff Notes version during one of the classes. And that is literally one of my favorite books, if not my favorite book. It was, I read it in college, didn't pay any attention, probably did the Cliff Note version, and then reread it as an adult and was like, I know that story. I've lived that story. That resonates. I encourage you to go. There's a lot of different versions of Siddhartha because um, it's translated. Correct. So find a good translation. But I love that. So you're telling the story at, again, one-on-one level. You're relating it to where we are in our life now, making it so easy to understand. I wish you were a professor that I had in college. Um, and then you'll throw in a little joke. And then you'll like throw in something that is a little esoteric, but really great about maybe something that you did in India or uh, a yoga practice explaining why we're doing the things that we're doing. And so I was telling people afterwards, because I teach meditation here, I said, you do realize that that actually is a meditation. Correct. And you never say that. You never even bring that up. And which is great, because then people don't have a preconceived idea and they're not thinking this is a meditation. Correct. They're just being in the moment. Correct. And so much of like healing, the restorative that we need for our body is being in the moment and getting our minds off that to-do list. Correct. So here's an hour of working on our body, working on our bones. For me, obviously, the flexibility there. And it's a complete hour of meditation. Correct. And I, I love I it. I trick you. You trick us. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Because I, I say when I teach my meditations in the beginning, if I want new people, and a lot of times at a resort like this, you have new people. They haven't, they haven't done it. So I say meditation can be anything. Correct. It can be, you can do a two-minute meditation in the shower. I love that visualization of washing, you know, everything down the drain. All that negative energy doesn't serve you. But for some people, it's horseback riding. For some people, it's swimming. For some people, it's shopping. It's anything that takes your mind off that to-do list. Correct. And of course, there's more like deeper types of meditation, of course. But in general, it's just, it takes your mind right. and lets your body relax and decompress yeah. and just the 505 is the med deeper meditations, you know? That's like, I mean, let's, let's, yeah, exactly. let's, let's, let's start one-on-one, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Most of us are just dealing with the fact that we are overwhelmed. Yeah. And we're not realizing the overwhelm until something happens. Right. Whether physically or emotionally or mentally. And just for a moment, let's I'm going to tie a last thing is that the energetics, since I know your podcast talks a lot about that. A lot about energy. The energetics of the body, what the magic of yin yoga is that the energetics of the body runs in your bones and connective tissue. Yes. So when you actually take the time to pay attention to the connective tissue, you allow the intrinsic element of the physical inside body ability to heal itself to wake up more. Yes. One of the beautiful things about the yin yoga is that it uses the word yin, yin and yang from Chinese to remind you that the Chinese model has an incredible vocabulary on how to heal the body. Yes. The entire scope of Chinese medicine revolves around your body and how to heal you. Can you think acupuncture? Exactly. Acupuncture yep. is the most immediate form that most of us connect with with Chinese medicine. And what is acupuncture? Is recognizing that we have very specific energy lines in the body that are connected to our organs. So that's where the 12 main meridians are, the major organs of the body. And we've body. talked about this before when we talk about chakras, is that chakras are energy meridians. 
and um, energy meridians in acupuncture. And it's so recognized now the healing benefits of acupuncture. In the United States, a lot of medical insurances actually will cover it now. Exactly. That's how they're finally starting to recognize that these energy meridians, these energy pathways are real. Right. They are real. They're not just woo-woo, hippy-dippy stuff. Like, they're there. Correct. So, sorry. So, for me and you, but the beautiful yeah. for me, too, um, was that this individual, a man named Dr. Hiroshi Motoyama, who has then met with Paul Grilly and saw Paul Grilly doing these postures. Remember I shared in the beginning of the podcast that this individual talks to his martial arts teacher and the martial arts point out, look, you're doing yang, let's show you how to do yin. And so he shows them how to stay in poses longer so that they can help the hip. And the same as you experienced, the same as I experienced, I'll share a little of my story in a little bit, that I feel better. Actually, I sit more comfortably. I can't believe that doing this posture for five minutes and just holding it and relaxing the muscle benefited me. So Paul is so inspired by his experience that he goes to try to study anatomy, meets this Dr. Motoyama, who sees that what Paul does with his body, and Motoyama has, is an older individual, right. and for the last 50 years, his main research has been, the West does not believe in energy lines. Right. They cut the body, they see nerves, they see lymph lines, they see blood vessels. Yeah but they don't see this meridian. Yes. And so they discard it. So he realizes, but it exists. Yeah. And so he develops these experiments and some of his books cost a thousand dollars, by the way. I remember when I first learned and started going to check out his books and I read a few of them, that his main work has been to show the West that this understanding from China, that this incredible understanding on how you can help the body both physically, emotionally, and mentally by activating different energy areas in the body through a needle or pressure, acupuncture with a needle, acupressure with a something, a, a thumb, a, a, a table, anything. Right. Activates and releases energy lines. So he does these experiments. And lo and behold, they show that I can measure the lymphatic chemical system. I can measure the nervous electrical system. And yet, look, there's another thing I'm measuring. It's amazing. I, that I love follows it. exactly the lines of energy that are laid out in the manuscript from Chinese medicine that has been the same manual. Imagine this. Here's a healing manual that was devised after about a thousand years of exploration and understanding between the yeah. different people, known as the Naijing. And after a thousand years, they compiled this book on how to heal the body, and it's the same exact book you still learn in Chinese medicine today. And it, it lays out all of the lines of energy, the 12 major meridians, the eight internal energy meridians, and it's still the same today. The beautiful thing, though, is that when Dr. Motoyama does his experiments, it matches exactly the lines of energy that are laid out in the book. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so for my one, we don't have to go esoteric and all that. It's like, look, it's right. measurable, it's there. And suddenly, the if you're interested, What's beautiful about Chinese theory is that when you look at a kidney, for instance, so we only think of a kidney, it processes your, your water, it helps you to right. release, it does all other functions in the Western medical way. But the Chinese also realize, well, your kidneys are the reservoir of your energy. I love it. I would love, okay, so we are getting close on time. And so I, excuse me here for a minute. Um, we are close on time, and I would love to have you back to talk about more. Because, love that. Yeah, this is so exciting. I just can't even take it. 
Um, I hope it's been useful for you, and I hope these ideas and different aspects give a little tidbits, give you the one-on-one, and give you a little bit of reason to do a little Google yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I want you to quickly just say that, though, what you're talking about with the kidneys and the, and the liver, how they can, or not even, you, the other day about your spleen and all these different organs and how they're connected. Just like quickly, just give one more example. Um, like beautiful. So I let's take off. the spleen. I'm just going to take yeah. the spleen because I talked about the kidney. So here the spleen, a small little organ just under the stomach, does a variety of things on the physical Western way that we know about. But here's a beautiful message that the Chinese medicine tries to tell you. The spleen is responsible for helping process our memories. That's it. I love that. See, that's funny. That that's the one I forgot. And it's the spleen processes memory because you brought that up I in the class. It up. Because memories, we're going to have memories. You have experiences through the day, and memories that you're okay with letting go of, like the fact that you walked with your shoes and then you went home and walked with a different pair of shoes. I don't think you need to remember that in about 20 years yeah. from now, do you? So that's a short-term memory, and the spleen realizes, okay, that's a short-term memory. Bye-bye, send it to the kidney. The kidney <laughs> lets it go. But for some reason, the, you still want to remember that first girlfriend that broke your heart or that first boyfriend who cheated on you. And you remember that until you die. And you don't realize how that excess energy and memory is pulling you down. And the Chinese point out that long-term memories, they go from the kidneys, to, from the spleen to the heart. And now you're keeping it. And then as we get older and older, there's a lot of memories that we seem to think we want to keep. Yeah. But as my Thai massage master likes to point out, but now you're walking around with this huge backpack of all these memories. Why are you carrying all of this stuff? So I would love you to come back on and talk about this specifically, um, and also Thai massage a little bit, because I think probably a lot of people out there are like, that's so true, oh my God, I can't forget that horrible situation. And how do you help clear those? So I work on it with meditation and um, different types of visualizations, but I would love to talk about this part. Love it, if, perfect. About how to kind of like let those memories go, process them out through. There must be ways to do this that you could talk about. Here's a beautiful thing. Since we said I tell jokes, I gotta say this one. because <laughs> If you can remember this, that might help you also. Because yes. it's one-on-one, so you don't need to like come up with like all different types of practices and such. Two students are walking along the Himalaya line. Okay. As they're walking, they reach the Ganges River in India. At the side of the river, there's an old woman sitting. She approaches the two young boys and asks them, can you help me cross this river? They put her on their shoulder and they cross the almost shoulder level river. When they get to the other side, they place her down, she walks one way and they continue on their way. A few hours later, one student goes to his friend and he says, hmm, we're not supposed to have contact with women in our school, we're just beginners. Think it's a problem we helped that woman back there? His friend goes, my friend, my friend, we left the woman at the river. Why are you still carrying her? I love that. You have to just remind yourself of these things. They come up, yes, once they come up, that's fantastic. You now know that you've been carrying it. If it comes up, just let it go. Yep, I love that. I say that a lot of times too when people, like, well, you know, Instagram silly memes. But basically, like, when you let somebody else take up space in your head, like, why? You're not charging them rent. You're no, not getting anything not. about it. Why let these negative thoughts or negative feelings or emotions that happen to somebody else stay in your head and take up this beautiful space? Let it go. Correct. Let no. it go. And once you're aware of it, that's the thing is, once you're aware of it, it just... 
Yoga, whether you think of it as meditation, yoga poses, yoga is about awareness for me. Yes, I agree. So all about how do I bring awareness? Once you bring awareness, then yes, there are various tools. If I have an awareness that I have a need problem, then I can be aware, but obviously there's different tools I can use it. But without the first part of awareness, and what we do a lot is that we let our awareness be given to others, sadly. Absolutely. We believe that someone else on the outside is going to help us. It's a word that's popular in the yoga world, and maybe you've heard it. It's a guru. Oh, I have a guru. I'm going to go to my guru. He's <laughs> going to help me. She's going to take care of me. They will do it for me. But sadly, most of us forget that these individuals are just there to help remind us Absolutely. that everything you seek lies inside. I have a mentor, and when I started working with her, she's out of the UK, I love her, and one of the things she said is, you don't need a guru in that you have it inside you. You don't need to be taking all these classes and doing all these different things. You have everything inside you that you need, which is true for all of us, but also as a healer, she was explaining to me what I have, what my qualities are, and it was so true. I needed to pay attention and let them come out for me and not look for other people because... To be honest, usually I knew a lot more. I would be a third of the way through the class and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so much more ahead of where this person was because there's a lot of people out there who teach it, but they don't necessarily have it or feel it. Correct. But we all have something inside of us. So like going inside and finding it for yourself and what makes you special, what you have in your qualities is really the key. So one thing I'm going to say really quickly, and then we're going to get to our mantra affirmation because it ties in exactly exactly what you just said exactly (laughs) is laughter so i in my corporate job i am a public speaker a decade ago very serious trying to be very corporate and and i was good at it but now i do this and you hear me all the time i'm laughing constantly i'm doing my soul's purpose this is what i love i laugh i get silly and you mentioned the importance of laughter in one of your classes. I did. And I since love that. I, since I already mentioned his name, he's the person who pointed out to me, Osho. Yeah. He likes to say that laughter is the language of the gods. <laughs> I love that. When I heard that, I was like, yes. And, that <laughs> yeah. re- and I laughed in class. Correct. <laughs> laughter is the easiest and fastest form of meditation. When you truly laugh out of your stomach, yeah. you're not listening to the <laughs> browsers. You're just in this moment. You're right in the moment. It's and so true, and I love it. It makes me feel so good. Correct. Um, okay, so our we have a very, very short mantra for today. We always end our podcast with that, um, and it is actually, why don't you fill us in what it is tonight? I'm like, so you we finished here. We talked about you looking at other people, looking at a guru, but if you just take a moment and look at the word in the English letters it has, G-U-R-U. The, even the word guru, as much as we like to put it on other people, tries to remind you that everything is inside of you. Yes, you are you. You are you. So our mantra is going to be that. Guru. G-U-R-U. So I want you to say it several times in a row to yourself, several times a day. Do it in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Put a little sticky note if you need it so you don't forget. And so just guru. 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 And it's G-U-R-U to remind you that you are you. You are you for a reason. You have everything you need inside. And that's, we're going to tie that all together. Yes. So I love that. Um, Well, thank you, Gabe, so much. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And that is the end of this podcast of You Lost Me at Namaste. So let's just end with Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. 
If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.